0: And welcome to believe it or not episode 40 of the 905 podcast uh, with me roland tanner i am joel mcleod and it's our usually usual uh, thursday episode where we uh, sometimes do a bit of a reflection on the uh, episode from earlier in the week and we'll certainly be doing that um and uh, some other stories that are going on around the 905 region that maybe deserve uh, some more attention um, so on Thursday, we were speaking to Sarah Buchanan uh, from Environmental Defense about the proposed uh, 413 highway, um, which is a kind of a new semi-orbital road around Toronto uh, to add to the road that we have already around Toronto in the 407, which was itself a another road to add to the 401, that also goes around Toronto. Um, and the the arguments uh, for why uh, the decision to, to uh, bring this highway back from the dead are, uh, well, let's say, at the very least, controversial. Um, so, I mean, Joel, uh, you know, I think we we you probably made our position fairly clear um, in the episode on Tuesday, but but this is a big deal, isn't it?
1: It's Well, it is. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars spent on infrastructure. That is highly questionable as to its usefulness, let alone forget the, the environmental impact. Um, there was one thing that you, you and I didn't mention on our Tuesday episode, but it might be a bit relevant. Um, back in our, our political uh, action days, uh, I was a campaign manager for the local a liberal candidate here in Burlington, and we actually ran a, a, campaign on, uh, spending, spending money at hospitals over highways, uh, cause this was on the table back then, um, we wanted to, uh, prevent the highway from being built at the time, and we wanted to see the money spent on, uh, on our local hospital. Instead, we eventually, we did win, uh, but. I mean, this has been on the books for a long, long time. The previous Liberal government had it on file to look at. They ultimately, as we discussed, turfed the idea. But I mean, we've—it's just—it kind of goes down to like the, this kind of lack of imagination in this province. Of oh, we're having congestion woes. Okay, let's just build another highway. Well, we're kind of running out of p- practical places to build highways around the 905 region uh you know it's it's getting a little bit ridiculous uh, in my opinion
0: and we forget how 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 bloody ugly these things are um that we it's not that long ago that that this was virgin countryside that the 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 first nations had had for millennia uh, untouched And, you know, in a couple of hundred years, we've, we've really made a mess of it. And it's like, you know, cities and, uh, built up areas and business and, uh, people making a living, these are all great things. They don't have to look like a six lane, 12 lane highway Jammed from end to end. We've got to be more imaginative than this.
1: Well, I mean, the last time we, the last major highway built in this, Area was the four hundred seven, which we discussed. Um, I, I used to drive the four hundred seven in Mississauga frequently. Uh, it is empty. I've never, you know, compared to the four hundred one or the QEW, it is an empty stretch of highway. Like nobody drives it. It's underused, and the problem is the previous Tory government, uh, the, the under Mike Harris and Ernie Eves, sold this uh, piece of real estate to private enterprise because, oh, you have to privatize everything. Government shouldn't own anything and whatever. And it's just, it has turned into the worst deal ever in Canadian history. This thing makes billions of dollars for, I I don't even know who owns it now, some Dutch conglomerate, I think, uh, in Europe owns the primary stake in it. But it is, I mean, this thing is not, for public use it, the, the tolls are exorbitant. It's a, there's nothing special around it. You just get on it, you drive and you get off at a certain roadway to go into either Mississauga or Brampton, but there's no like nothing special about it, but it's always empty. Uh, it's, there's never anybody on it and it's clearly under use. And that's one of the things we talked about was getting either, uh, tractor trailers, uh, transport trucks onto it to drive around, the the 905 if they need to if they're going uh, past uh, past this region onward eastward or westward uh, but that's that's a solution and then we would free up more traffic on on the 401 and the QEW roadways but this idea was oh well, we need to build we got con- congestion let's just build another highway it's ludicrous absolutely ludicrous.
0: Oh, yeah, and we do have this road that is still underutilized, but which makes uh, a a great deal of money for the company that owns it with a 99-year lease. Um, And I'm just reading off Wikipedia here as I talk. Um, And, and, I mean, I I, kind of feel like I I tripped over um, a really important point during a conversation with Sarah um, that had never occurred to me before, and that's, why don't we just buy back that highway. And yeah, we know that back in 2003, when the, the, uh, incoming McGinty government came in, they had promised to buy it back. And then they kind of looked at the price tag and said, yeah, maybe we're not going to buy it back. Cause it's really, it can be really expensive and he can't just t- tear up contracts. Um, well that was their position. Um, uh, even if, you know, this this new highway, which will go from the 400 down to Halton, so it's not, compared with the 407, is about a quarter of the length. It's going to cost 6 billion um, compared to the 3 billion that the province earned from the 407 back in uh, 2002, 2003 or whatever it was. 1999, actually. Um, unless... The price to buy it back is something just beyond calculation. You would think it would be cheaper to buy back the four hundred seven and uh, uh, and to utilize that more fully than to build an entirely new
1: highway. I mean, that's one solution. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't quote me on this. I remember reading somewhere that the because of the pandemic, the uh, the highway is being far underutilized because, uh, I mean, we're not commuting. We're staying at St. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is the 407 is a rich person's highway because the fees are so high on it. Um, the only people who can drive on it are people who can pay the the fees or you have your business pay for you, which is what, what happened in my case. Um, th- like those are the only people who drive it. You don't see families on it often. You don't see regular commuters on it. It's usually a somebody somebody with deep pockets is paying for it um and and and, that, and and that's the thing so i mean there's all um but there's i was going off on a tangent there uh but my point being was that there's talk of there are contracts there are stipulations in the contract that the the 407 they must keep a certain demand of ridership on the highway um and if they don't, they tend to default on the contract, is my understanding of the wording. I Don't quote me on it. But they're at risk of defaulting on it because of the lack of people driving on the 407. Um, I, you know, I may, if I was an NDP or a Liberal Party member, I might be looking at that as a, you know what? Forget it. Too bad. So sad. We're not subsidizing any small businesses. We're sure as heck not going to subsidize some Dutch Corp conglomerate uh, to keep their hands on this highway tough yeah
0: yeah. uh the uh, and again i'm i'm just uh um um fully admit i'm doing research on wikipedia here as as we're doing the episode um uh you know mike harris said when the thing was built that that the tolls would not would not rise by more than 30 percent that they would be controlled They've risen by two hundred percent between when it was opened and two thousand and fifteen, um, from ten cents to over thirty cents per kilometer, um, and I presume since two thousand and fifteen they will have gone up uh, some more. Um, it it's been a terrible, a terrible, terrible deal. Um, you know, to a extent, it's almost academic because we just don't know at the moment if there's even going to be need. For any kind of highway, um, uh, uh, you know, I it, it, in the same manner that
1: we've been used to I after COVID, I don't know about going up that high. Like the the, the plans for building it are—it's really, really up there. I mean, we aren't getting into greenbelt cottage, not cottage country, but greenbelt farmland, um, like really untouched green space. Just to build this highway, and I'm like, "What's what's up there?" Like, I guess you build it and you wait for stuff to develop, but that seems kind of against the point. Like, you don't you don't build a highway because you want to build up a city. You build a highway to serve a city. Uh, yeah. And so this idea, like, oh, okay, I, mean, that- I mean
0: the uh, just just so for people listening from home, I mean, I, I think I said on Tuesday it goes from 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 Vaughan uh, down to uh, the uh, the 403, basically at uh, around Milton mm-hmm. uh, actually it's far north of Vaughan um, it's a good distance up there um, uh, according to I mean no no, none of the maps are, are final but you know you're talking kind of King City area um, so well yeah I mean the, the suspicion is that it's exactly they're putting it where they want to open up uh areas to developers i mean that, that's a suspicion and I, I know it sounds like we go on about developers all the time but every story we do
1: they come into it uh not what, looking to do that what, what, uh, what, what honestly strikes me is like this honestly goes back to you know i, I want to say like we kind of don't have anyone to blame but ourselves because we back in the election Um, You know, Doug Ford got caught behind closed doors, promising to all these developers, I'm going to tear up the green belt and you guys are going to be able to develop up the wazoo. And if you look at his government's track record since then, uh, they've slowly been trying to carve up the green belt for developers. Uh, The problem was they got caught that time. So he had to say, oh, no, we're not going to revoke the green belt act. But they tried to give... Off, offload the blame to municipalities and that backfired on them because municipalities said, well, we don't want to carve up the green belt. We love the green belt, keep the green belt. Well, that didn't work out. So what do they do? Okay. They go into, uh, conservation authorities as we had on, uh, earlier and s- revoke their abilities to, uh, you know, protect our watersheds and our waterways. That's, you know, and then they, these municipal zoning, uh, uh, permits that that the uh ministries or ministerial zoning permits uh, that the, that they're throwing down are seemingly arbitrarily for projects don't really need it uh it, it's it's kind of a it's part it's hat it's part of the the solution and then this oh we're going to car- build a highway well for who and uh, you know there's no clamoring demand there's no there's no thirst for this it is confusion the only people who are Anxious to build it are the construction companies and the developers, and the rich land land uh, owners who own the conveniently enough the land that this highway is going to be going through. There's there's a quote that it's become somewhat fashionable to to
0: to cite in the last few years, um, but. I'm not going to let that stop me citing it right now, uh, by uh, Maya Angelou. Um, when someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. And it, it got used in in regard to Trump that if someone tells you that they think assaulting women uh, is okay, believe them, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they are monsters. Uh, when someone gets caught on a microphone saying, we're going to rip up the green belt, believe them that that's what they meant. Um, and they're going to do it and they're going to do it in the way that politicians do it incrementally denying that they're doing it all, all, all the time. Um, while it's actually happening in front of our eyes, um, in terms of policies that this, this, this provincial government has pursued. I mean, what, what significant policies have they had that, um, are truly and entirely theirs, and that uh, make a significant impact on our lives. Well, they cancelled a lot of things. So they cancelled the basic income. They cancelled the Green Energy Act. Um, and it was like, like you were saying the other day, fine. They 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 had those kind of in their platform, although their platform was fairly empty. We could they kind of ran on that. Uh, but this, in terms things that they've actually done, that they have introduced, it's all comes back to development, opening up the highway, making it easier to build, um, uh, doing whatever, think you know, things that directly benefit donors. Um, and I, I don't think that's a controversial point, or um,
1: uh, you know, no, it, it, it's it's really obvious what's going on. It is, and that's that's what I guess. I guess again, it comes back to blame on us. You know, we, the people, elected them into uh, power. They didn't. You're right. They didn't have a platform in terms of a vision of, hey, at the end of four years, where what do you want Ontario to look like? They just said, oh, we're going to open it up for business. Well, we haven't exactly had a lot of business knocking down the door to set up factories and headquarters here here in uh, uh, in Ontario. Um, it's, you know. it it's just, we, you're right. I think it comes down to the, the developers and the landowners, uh, got together and bought themselves a Tory government and the Tory government feels that they owe these guys some favors. Um, you know, there's, it's frustrating. It's maddening. Cause the last thing I want is for the ground to be broken on this highway and quite frankly i don't know if the, there's no plans uh to keep it in public hands you know it, they could turn it into a toll highway and then sell it off to another conglomerate i a conglomerate of landowners or land developers who are going to you know fleece us for a 200 markup after uh, the ink stride um this is this is kind of how how conservative governments work um you know and this this, you know this is This is a bad use of tax dollars. It's a bad use of public land. It is a bad, bad idea.
0: Yeah, it it, it is a terrible idea. And I think, you know, I mean, uh, this is where it gets so frustrating that we have half the political system we we have where, what was the percentage? 60%, over 60% of voters voted for parties that, were completely opposed to this you know it used to be that every party in ontario pretty much was a highway building party that's right. not the case anymore uh, the parties that can control clearly control the majority of the votes in the province of ontario are all unanimous in uh, uh, uh i'm 99.9 percent sure that the ndp uh, are on board with this too i'd have to actually go and check but are, are pretty much unanimous in uh it's saying this is not the right way to go. Um, uh, and yet, we have this government that is going to can do this because they managed to get enough,
1: yeah, enough angry white middle aged well, dudes I'll, I'll, to I, vote I, I, for them. I don't, no? I'm not sure I go with that far. I just think it's a party that has no imagination. Um, your, your point of every party used to be the highway building party, uh, and that has changed because. Our needs have changed. Our priorities have changed. Climate change is real. The question is, how do we curb it? Um, the you know you you mentioned the Green Energy Act beforehand. You're right. This party canceled canceled the Green Energy Act and tore down all these windmills and canceled all these windmill projects because of NIMBYism. The people in their writings said we don't want the windmills, and they said, okay, people have spoken. We don't get it, but for some reason, the people speaking against this. Um, highway well we, we don't know what we're talking about um I find it's you know double standard there but the fact I mean I look at again we're stepping a, a, a way outside the boundaries of a highway but look at the cancellation of the Keystone pipe pipeline in the states the the culture the 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 economy is shifting we're going away from fossil fuels the traditional mo- models that are that these conservatives relied on Um, the, the economy is shifting towards a greener, more sustainable one. Electric vehicles are the way of the future. Mass transit is the way of the future. Providing cheap, affordable mass transit options for people in major urban centers will be the key to urban growth in the 21st century. If it hasn't already happened. Um, the, we need, we need governments that understand this and are going to sit down and think of. Uh, uh, more creative solutions to these problems than just well, we got to build another highway. Because here's the thing: if you build the 413 highway, it's going to fill up in a few years, and then we're going to be stuck with oh, we need another highway. Except wh- wh- who who would want to drive up that far? It's not going to do us any good. We're not. We're, it, it's not going to serve our needs. It's just going to be another couple billion dollars down the down the tubes. Um, we need better leaders uh for these problems
0: yeah i think we as a as a nation um actually not just we as a nation we we as we as citizens of the world to be honest i mean this is probably me being ridiculously idealistic i get that um but this world where where politicians from all parties will if you if you follow what they're saying on the television, if you read their tweets, if you read the press releases, um, I was just reading the press releases from the opposition parties yesterday about um, supporting um, the, uh, um, uh, uh, the the sick pay, you know basically they're all saying to each other unanimous we need to get together and cooperate to get this done. And yet they send letters to each other in public taking shots at each other um trying to show that the other one's not a team player it's like grow up guys um if you actually wanted to get this done if you actually wanted to cooperate together uh, and, and make a statement about everybody unifying against this god-awful uh, government um and uh you wouldn't be firing letters at each other in public where you're basically insulting each other. You would be picking up the phone and saying, hey, Andrea, or hey, Stephen, let's actually do something, you know, for the good of the province. Well, that doesn't happen. Uh, and it's so uh, disheartening because it's it, it, we get nowhere, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I, I know it, it's, you know, it's... I'm not saying anything that that the people don't know, but it does seem like there's this disease. As someone who's been deeply involved in uh, party volunteering and party politics, I mean, I sat on the executive of the Ontario Liberal Party briefly, who's been there, uh, it's still, and sat beside people who are really good, smart people who are really trying to do good things, but it's still the case that they will go home and tweet some tedious piece of nonsense about, whatever, I can't be bothered to think of an example, um, that just insults their intelligence, basically. And, and mm. just, you know, it's like treat people with enough intelligence that they might be understand ideas like induced demand. Um, the Conservatives assume that's far too complicated a subject uh, for anybody to really grasp. We need roads! That's the sum total of the argument. Well, the mistake that the progressive parties have, have made, I, I often feel, is in falling for that same thing too. So they just shout up, oh, we don't need roads. Well, that's not that's not a debate. That's a slanging match. Uh, and I think it's part of the reason people are so sick and tired of politics very often uh, that people, can, you know, try me for size. Maybe I'll understand uh, the more complex argument and uh, uh or at least don't assume I'm an idiot. Um, I I know that there are party volunteers, if any of them are listening to this, probably rolling their eyes and going, yeah, grow up. And you, you know, you two have been inside the belly of the beast to an extent, uh, well, to a large extent. And you've seen this and it's like, you know, you know, the games that are played, you know, that there are things that are not said to the volunteers because the volunteers, because it doesn't make sense to say it to the volunteers and, um, there are don't want policy on. conventions and things that are completely meaningless and completely pointless, which we should put on to keep people happy and feel like they're involved. Uh, um, and, and it's all a, a circuitous right. game of nonsense it, uh, and we
1: need to get over it. It's, it's I mean, you're, you have a, a good point there. It's, it's, but the, the, I find that the, the solutions, The solutions to our traffic woes in the 905 region are not easily solved. To give Kathleen Wynne credit, she said, "I will tackle it." I don't think she succeeded, Um, mostly because I think the solution is honestly a multi-term solution. Like if, if basically, like be like uh, Doug, if Doug Ford said, "I'm going to solve the transportation issues." And he said, "Nope. Phase one is we're going to expand. I don't know what the solution would be, but it, if you just say we're going to build, build a solution, whether that means more train, more trains, more bus routes, um, tear down some of the silos between the municipalities, so we can get better transit between them, so people can get around better. Um, it, whatever the case may be, it is." There's no, there's no one solution. It's not just well, we build a highway, therefore we solve the transportation problems. You're not. You just postponed it another ten years, and then the other solution, the only solution to that is well, you we got to build another another highway. The problem is eventually you run out of places to build highways. Where what we could be doing right now is looking at uh, increase frequency on go lines. If that's a, if that's a one so one part of the solution, again, it's not the entire solution. Uh, HOV lanes is one. I think a bigger one is putting incentives for companies to keep their people at home. We are seeing that people are able to be a productive working from home. If you're a way to have companies maybe start selling off their big, uh, gigantic towers or office spaces in Toronto or in Mississauga and Brampton and say, no, we're going to, you know, we only need one floor. The rest of the time everybody works from home. Maybe there's incentives on tax on, uh, the tax bills for businesses, for people to for uh, for them to do that, there are a, I, a variety of solutions out there. If you just sit down and you say, "Let's think about this. What can we do?" You can get it done, and probably for a lot cheaper than six billion dollars that you probably have to repeat in ten years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I mean the, I mean the one well, I won't give them credit for it, but I'll give them credit for not being as bad as they could have been. The investments that the Liberal government made in uh, Go Transit, I believe, are still going ahead. Um, the electrification of the Lakeshore line, the you know, so we should end up with 15-minute service, uh, which I think will be transformational. Um, I think the previous government could have been a lot more innovative with, with, with basically saying, why are we expecting people to get on trains again? Why are we expecting them to get in cars uh, and uh, short sure, trains are better than cars but but neither is the best of all um you know uh, uh, we have this thing called the internet now. we've had it since the mid nineties um that lets you work from home uh, not everybody, obviously not everybody obviously we we need to get food delivered and infrastructure and we huge amount of stuff still needs to travel. but the stuff you know I always think you know the conservatives used to be the party of efficiency. Right, It's like, don't spend a penny unless you really need to. Well, this is, um, you know, 6 billion or 600 billion pennies um, being spent that it doesn't seem like they really need to be spent. And I mean, I also think that's the way that that you could maybe sort of sell green uh, uh, economics to conservatives. It's like, it's not, okay, maybe you don't like the trees and you're happy for us to cut the trees down. Think of it in terms of efficiency, of not wasting things. Of of you know if we have a resource, mm-hmm. protecting it for as long as we can because that resource has an inherent value to it. Um, and again, I I feel that progressives have done a really bad job of arguing back against the sheer level of dumbness of argument that the um, that the right comes up with. I mean, we saw this with Trump. He would say something completely insane and manifestly does garbage and then you see people arguing back against it it's like well i'm not sure arguing back is really worth your while (laughs) the problem
1: problem with progressives is we take the bait way too easily yeah yeah exactly you know a minute anybody not not just trump any any loudmouth with a bullhorn on the on the right you know the it's the whataboutism arguments that always come out. Well, what about this? And then we say, oh, well, we got to talk about, you know, well, let's talk about the efficiency. And you know, it's not going to cost that much. We don't need highways. And are you against highways? No, I'm not against highways. Then you should be again for the 413. Also like, no, what I'm what you're arguing for is better use of tax dollars to get the right objective. We know don't you know, to bring it kind of full circle. We know we build this 413 highway. It may alleviate the congestion for five, 10 years, maybe. But the problem is population increases and what happens? Oh, we need another highway. The problem is I I don't see another, I don't see a 414 highway uh even further north. Cause at that point I'm like, you might as well just build me a highway to cottage country, which is the 400. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, well, <laughs> exactly. uh I think, I really feel COVID is the turning point on the whole commuting thing. Um, because for years now I've simply not understood. Now I worked for a company briefly in, uh, 2004, 2005, maybe, uh, in North York. And I, uh, commuted all the way from Burlington to North York by, by, by transit, which is, you know, I think it took me two hours each way, um, and yeah, you know, it was a temporary job, so so I was willing to do it short term. But you know, I went all that way to sit at a computer that was identical to the computer I had at home, mm-hmm. <laughs> and to just type stuff. And it's like, well, I'm only here because you don't trust me to work at home. Um, can you not think of a better way of checking that I'm working than making me go through this uh, ridiculous nonsense? And, and that was you know fifteen years ago at least Uh, and I think maybe we've broken that thing of well we can't trust people to actually work because for the last year they've all been working and they've been working just fine and I know certainly purely anecdotally I know of three well I think I've heard of three companies two companies seriously considering not renewing leases for property and one place that uh, you know a major employer in in Hamilton that Um, basically polled its staff to say, you know, do you want to, when this is over, do you want to come back? And the overwhelming response was no. uh, We're fine. We'll carry on working at home. Um, And and I think that's a, you know, there are people who, who like going to the office. I think, as you were saying, I think on Tuesday, you know, you can have a bit of both. You can I think the reality of the situation is, is like, you'll have the Monday meeting or you'll have to go in to meet so-and-so, or maybe you want to go and have lunch on Friday or, uh, but you don't go in every day. Um, it's a more flexible, uh, arrangement and that makes perfect sense and it's healthier for human beings. It's healthier for families
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's massively more healthy for the environment.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it, it would be nice if this government kind of embraced that idea and saw the, saw itself as kind of maybe a, an encourage encourager or facilitator of that transition, because I, I think it can. Like you can you can find all sorts of incentives through tax code and giving tax breaks to businesses that say, "Yeah, you know, we're going to trim back our costs." Um, you know, all these ways to save the money uh say them on payroll tax uh, uh and uh, uh yeah pro- yeah you, know, I mean, I mean,
0: you imagine how popular how popular the government would be that uh, uh, as well as giving some, some breaks to businesses that encourage working from home mm-hmm. but also and i know they've actually done this during covid but to do it permanently um so okay you're working from home you can deduct a percentage of your hydro bill um forever um, because you're working at home um just like I do because I run, I'm self-employed. I can do that. Um, and it's just the normal way of doing things. We'll just let everybody do that. Uh, boy, that would win you some votes, I would have thought. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it would be encouraging really good, healthy uh, practices.
1: Well, I mean, that that's, I guess that comes back to our point is that we're just The entire root of this problem has just been a lack of imagination. I mean, in the last what fifteen minutes, you and I have come up with a whole slew of different (laughs) ways to approach the economy, and and we are we are not the two brightest tools in the shed. Let me tell you, but guilty, you know, just you know, it just seems like we're you know we're just again, it's let's just dust off the top memo. And I, the reason why I think the only ones who really benefit from this are developers and the landowners of the proposed area that's who benefits um i don't i don't see a i don't see a a huge benefit to me that's it's six billion dollars that could be spent on better uses um yeah i i I think i'd leave it at that uh for now i'm afraid
0: well thanks everybody for uh tuning in today and we'll be back on tuesday with um what promises to be a really interesting episode uh, that you'll want to tune into uh we'll
1: see you there bye-bye Bye. that's it for this episode of the 905er thank you for listening as always you can send us your feedback thoughts and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca we'd love to hear from you